This is First Class Counselors, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. First Class Counselors is dedicated to young and up-and-coming camp mavericks. By equipping and empowering our on-the-ground staff, camp directors can rest easy knowing that our campers are having the true life-changing experience that parents expect. Find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and professionals at camphacker.tv. Hey, Camp Pros, it's Matt here, co-host of First Class Counselors, a new series on the Camp Hacker podcast. We are so delighted that you're tuning into this episode. I know that uh, a lot of people come to the Camp Hacker podcast as directors and camp leaders looking for the big philosophical discussions that uh, our friends Travis, Joe, Gab, and Dan and their friends have. Um, But you are here today because you believe in counselors. You believe that the skills that we can give them will change the world. They'll change the lives of kids. Uh, I wanted to give you just a quick little bit of insight of why we're doing this podcast. I love the Camp Hacker podcast. I've been listening, I've been producing it for a while, but I've been listening for even longer and I love it. But when I was a younger staff member, I, I kind of just listened because I liked camp, but I knew that a lot of the things they were talking about, it would be hard for me to implement as a counselor or a young program staff member. So you know, down the line a little bit, we came up with this idea for a camp counselor, camp hacker podcast. And the idea behind it was that for you as camp directors, the people that are listening to the camp hacker feed normally can take this podcast and give it to your counselors. You can give it to them to give them the skills that we all know as camp directors. We know these things offhand. So we're going to talk about how to make programs, how to talk to children, how to uh, facilitate a game, facilitate team building activities, those very easy, hard skills that sometimes we don't have the time to teach them during training. So we want to give this to you as directors so you could say, okay, here you go, listen to this episode, and here are some new skills that will make you a better counselor before the summer. And we want to give it to you this time of year so as you're hiring your counselors, you know, you can give them a bit of pre-work before the craziness of the summer starts. Give them just that, just listen to this. It's 40 minutes, not going to take long, and it'll make you a better counselor. So that is why we are bringing first-class counselors to you. It's an experiment, and we hope you enjoy it. If you do, if you don't, either way, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know. You can leave us a review in iTunes or send me an email. I will read every email that comes in about this podcast. You can find me at matt, M-A-T-T, at gocamp.pro. Oliver and I are so thankful that you're listening to this, and we're so thankful that you are helping us help counselors be even better for our children this summer. Thanks a lot. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Camp Pros. This is Oliver Gregan, Summer and Family Camps Director at YMCA Camp Jewel. And I'm Matt Hansberger, Camp Director at Pierce Williams Summer Camp, and you are listening to First Class Counselors, a special series of the Camp Hacker Podcast. This series is for camp directors to give to their counselors as they hire and prepare them for the upcoming summer. That's right. We wanted to give this podcast to directors to give to their counselors because great camp directors know that counselors have the most important job at camp. Their abilities make or break a camper's week, and they hold the keys to a camper coming back year after year. In each episode, we'll meet with some all-star camp staff, so you can give your counselors the tools to make this summer the best one yet. In today's show, we're going to be talking about Generation Z and how camp staff are being intentional with how they make it the best for campers. 
So today joining our conversation, we have Isabel Parody. Isabel, welcome to First Class Counselors. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Isabel, can you share a little bit about uh, what you do at camp, where you work, and why you do what you do? Yeah, for sure. So my name's Isabel. At camp, I go by the name Zooks, and there's a very weird long story behind that. And for the past two summers, I've worked at Pierce Williams Summer Camp, same as Ziscus. And I really love camp. I was a longtime camper. And I know that camp has made me the person that I am today. And my counselors have had such an impact on me. And I really come back to camp knowing that I can be that person for someone else. And that a seven-year-old is still going to remember me and I can impact their life. That is awesome. Well, it's great to have you. And uh, full disclosure out there, my camp name is Iskis. And uh, as you heard, this is Zooks. Um, and because we work together, uh, we're definitely going to be slipping back and forth between Iskis, Matt, Zooks, Isabel, and Oliver will still be Oliver. Oliver, do you have a camp name? No, I'm actually, I always get a little bit jealous. I've never been to a camp that has camp names, so I've never had one myself. But uh, oh. I've always been really jealous of those who get them. Can we get our listeners out there, uh, like, hashtag give Oliver a camp name? Um, put it in the show notes, in the comments below. Let's get Oliver a camp name. Oof. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't even, do you get to pick your own camp names or people pick them for you? I, this has always been a mystery to someone who's never been to a camp with camp names. This, this is good. I'm, I'm okay uh, diverting from the whole point of this episode for at least a little bit. That's fine. I, I think that for me, a camp name, a, a good way to give camp names is to give person the right of refusal, but it should be like a story about them or something interesting. Well, maybe we'll save the story of our camp names for another time. Um, yeah. But I think that, I, but I think you, you want to give that person right of refusal, but it should be something cool that they did or that it's about them in, in my opinion, but you know. All right. I'm excited to see what my camp name might become. Um, but to get us on track for our topic of tonight, um, we're talking about Generation Z. So this is that generation that is our campers now and even our staff members. Um, so people have been defining generations for, honestly, generations now. And significant <laughs> events during each time period show influence on each generation, affecting the group as a whole. And we see effects in their goals, their fears, their desires, their health, environment, and really everything in their entire life. So currently we're on the brink of this new generation and they're beginning to influence our world and shape what it will look like um, when it is ruled by Generation Z. So for those of you who don't know, this generation has been noted as anyone who's been born from 1995 to 2015. The generation has grown up in a world that honestly feels unsafe. With events like terrorist attacks and public shootings, they have been... <clears throat> They have seen and been impacted by a financial recession. They have grown up with access to the internet with all the positives and negatives that come from having that wealth of information so available. Uh, as childcare professionals and as people, we know that every change in time is a change in children, what they know, how they act, and even how they play. Today, we want to talk about some of those differences that we've seen in childcare, but also how we handle them as counselors. There are a lot of big topics that we're probably going to cover today, like technology, mental health, even future economics, and what the outlook like is for the rest of the world. We want to say many of these things we are not experts in. So we have done our research, we've checked our facts, and we hope we can hold an educated discussion about these things and how they fit into Generation Z. That's right. And our goal, we, we're going to try our darndest to not come across as uh, as those like old men can 
like complaining about the younger generation because that's what that's what generations do right they, the the grass is always greener and Oliver and I both being millennials we wanted to make sure that um, as part of this we did justice and we focused on a lot of the strengths of generation Z because I think it's very easy to get into the complaining things but you know that's not a great that's not a growth mindset as Carol Dweck would say right that's not you're not going into the summer looking for success if you are just worried about all the negative things that people say about Generation Z and that's why uh, we have a ringer with us that's why Isabel is joining us today as a, a Generation Z uh, Isabel not to put you on the pedestal as you, you know you're not speaking for all of Generation Z but we're uh, we're glad to have you to call us out on our crap if we get a little too complainy it's awesome I can definitely do that for you. Perfect. Okay, let's do it. Oliver, what are we talking about today? What's the first question? So our first topic of conversation is going to be about the attention span of Generation Z. Um, we constantly say today that they can't focus on anything and they lose focus on a lot of stuff. So our quick little fact to get us started is that Generation Z um, now has an attention span that lasts only eight seconds and at times, they'll actually have as much as five screens going at once, from their phone to a computer to the television playing. So they have all these different things, tablets, uh, and they're using them all even at the same time. So one's doing one thing, one's doing another. Uh, <clears throat> now, let it be known that Matt and myself are not much better. The statistics for millennials are uh, 12 seconds of attention and three screens. So... There's, there's not too much of a difference, but it is a huge change from generations previous, you know, didn't even have screens. So when we know that our campers lose attention very quickly, what are some ways that we keep kids attention when explaining the rules? Zooks, you want to get us started? Yeah, for sure. Um, the biggest thing for me is getting their attention for sure from the start. And I love to use attention getters for those. Uh, attention getters are these fun little things, kind of like a rhyme or something that kids would know pretty well that when you yell it out, they'll yell the back. So if I say, sleep country, Canada, everyone's going to respond with, why buy well, well, it? <laughs> and that way you know you've got their attention from the start. I love using visual cues when I'm explaining something a little bit longer. So if I'm giving the instructions to a game, I love having another staff member come up with me and I'll show them what a tag looks like. So it's not just listening, but it's having that right in front of their eyes too. Something I also really try to do is make it fun, make them really engaged in that by showing that I'm engaged. If I've got facial expressions, hand expressions going, and I'm showing that I think what I'm talking about is important, I know they're going to think that too. Um, something that we do at camp is um, we do cleaning duties in the morning and to make sure everyone's so excited about that. I'm always super pumped up, we're doing garbage duty, and making it something that they want to be listening to. Yeah, Matt, do you do anything that you use to keep that attention again? Yeah, I think there's two big tips that I have. Uh, one is never give out team assignments until the very end of uh, of your explanation, because as soon as you said, like, you're on blue, you're on red, you're going to lose them for a long time. Um, the other thing is changing up your location when you're uh, explaining instructions. So, First of all, it shouldn't be just you explaining. Um, so Zook said it best, you know, get some other people up to help. But you can also shift people's attention around so it's not just you speaking and not from the same location. So it's kind of leveraging that attention span and not fighting against it, but just working with it. What about you, Oliver? Uh, I do little things to gain their focus in a specific way. So 
instead of just doing a cheer, I might say, all right, everyone take a knee on three, one, two, three, take a knee. And then the whole group drops at once. And then it almost looks like we're like football and call play or something. Um, that little motion, it gets all the body around the same and that everyone's focused on something. have that kid who's wandering off to the corner to look at a tree or, you know, has found a really cool bug in the past. All right there, attentive. Taking a knee, I might say hit the ground on four or hit the floor on four and then everyone lays on their bellies. Um, I might, once the group kind of gets the idea of how I do this, then uh, we might do different actions or something like that. So it might be touch your nose and you switch it up. So it's almost like Simon says. The other thing that I do that's really intentional is I try to make sure that my rules are quick and concise and to the point. So I don't play a game that's going to take me 15 minutes to explain. So a lot of times you might have a counselor who gets this really great idea for a program they want to run, but it's so complicated. The kids won't even listen to the rule and the game is just blah because everyone's cheating on the rules, right? So if you can keep your games down to even five rules that are very simple to follow, you get your campers to know the game, pay attention, have a great time. And then also be a little lenient on when they break those rules and say, Creative job, finding a way around loophole. Let's fix it this time. That's good. Yeah, I like that too. And, and doing like a little mini quiz on the rules at the end. Sometimes I say woo or boo and I get them to, to say woo if the rule is right. And I'll say like, can you tag within five steps of the boundary? And they'll say boo because that's wrong and they seem to enjoy that. And then it's a good way. Um, also the classic attention getter. Uh, if, you, if you don't know this, it's, it's a great skill. Um, if you can hear me clap once, and then everyone claps. If you can hear me clap twice, everyone claps. And you can do like 14 just for fun. And then you can say, if you can hear me, go shh. And then everyone goes quiet. Just a, a couple pro tips. Yeah. I have a really good friend who does the, um, if you hear me clap once, and then he goes all the way up and he goes, if you hear me clap 25 times, and when they do it, he takes a bow in front of everybody and really you mm-hmm. know, says, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so um, those are some really great ways to keep the attention of campers. And we know that's a huge issue. So you're intentional when you're gathering the attention of your campers. It seems like that seems to be the trick and that things kind of run smoothly if you can get off on the right pace. So let's move on to our next topic. And this one is a little bit about mental health. It's a really big thing and it's important in camps nowadays. And it's probably one of the biggest discussions that I think camp directors are having. Um, but it's at the end of the day, something that counselors are really right there in front of. So with our campers, not only knowing about mental health, but they're open and willing to share their views and opinions. This is a constant that's happening at camp is our kids are willing to share with us. So how does your camp staff find ways to openly share and talk to campers or each other uh, about these and how they're able to share? So, Isabel, can you start us off and let us know of any ways that you find ways to let campers share? Yeah, for sure. So, something, it's really, really simple. The easiest way I like to get campers to open up is this Devo called Roses and Thorns. I normally like to do it on the first night, and we'll just talk about the rose and the thorn of our day or of our week so far. So, what was the best part and what was the worst part and why? And that's kind of the way that I get campers to start talking to me about why they're feeling the way they're feeling. And then after, if there's anything that's kind of caught my attention, I might pull that camper aside and talk to them about it separately. Something that I find helps really with any situation too is just talking about my personal experiences. 
at a level that's appropriate for that camper. So if I see someone that I think is stressed or sad or having a hard time with something, I might say, oh, that's okay. I get overwhelmed with stuff sometimes too. I like to deal with it by doing this. So giving them that this worked for me, maybe this could work for you kind of option. And really devotions are the main way that I like to incorporate that in because we're all together. People are sharing their experiences and we're doing it in that open, inclusive environment. And I really want to make myself that person that they feel like they can talk to. Within our staff, really, that's been such an open conversation for us too. I know last summer, we were very open with each other about where our mental health was at because we recognized how well we all do and we're able to support each other. And we were there for each other and we go in and we check in on each other because we know how valuable that is for us as a staff. Yeah. Isabel, something really quickly is um, I've actually learned within the last few years is that not all camps do devotions. They actually okay. don't know what it is. I was really surprised by it. And it's so important, I know, in my camp culture and obviously with yours. Can you explain really briefly um, why you do devotions, what they are, and how they're so important? And you've yeah. covered a lot of it already, but <laughs> just a brief overview. Yeah, so devotions or devos are these little kind of roundup things that we'll do at the end of the night right before we go to bed. Sometimes there's a little activity involved with it. We might do a little reading with it. And it's just a little activity that we do to kind of end off our day, talk about some things that are important to us. Um, we'll normally incorporate a little bit of the Bible. We'll have a verse of the day or something in there. And we'll talk about one idea or one concept that is really important to us as a cabin and can help us all continue to grow. Okay. Matt, what about you? I see that you have a pretty good note here on what, um, what you do. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. And I think um, like, I think you guys are right that devos are, are really big for that because it's a structured time to talk um, because often I think we can, we can miss conversations when we're running around and doing all the fun activities at camp. So not hesitating to have those conversations, but also I know that it can be a little intimidating um, when, you know, when we're here saying, you know, it's okay to talk to campers and, and some camp directors might, I know of the, the older generation, sometimes we're a little fearful of staff telling their personal stories. And I think, I think that's about striking the right balance. But I think when campers open up and if they ask a hard question about themselves or about someone else, or um, we train our staff uh, this about asking hard faith questions, um, but it's a great skill to teach and to know is that it's okay to say, I don't know and let me find out, or I don't know, maybe we can find out, or I don't know, what do you think? Um, because we can help gear that conversation towards that campus experience. And if you're a little bit more hesitant to open up, um, yeah, and to say like, I don't know, maybe we should ask someone else. Because sometimes when we get into uh, those mental health conversations, we want to make sure that the people, if they're having a rough go, we want to make sure that they know the support systems that are available to them as well. Um, and recognizing that we're not the experts sometimes. You know, I don't have my Bachelor of Social Work. I'm not a master's student when it comes to social work. Um, and I know what I know, but I know what I don't know as well. So I think as a counselor out there, if you're listening to this, don't be afraid uh, to not, you know, punch above your weight class. Don't be afraid to, um, to say you don't know and admit that you're not the expert um, because there's experts out there who's it's their job to help with these sorts of things. Um, but I think creating this space and having those conversations, don't be afraid of it, but also don't be afraid of saying, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's so important. And it, that I don't know is so important. 
on camp. If you really don't know how to handle a situation, you're a counselor. That's maybe because there's somebody who's above you, a coordinator, a unit leader, a village head, um, a director who handle those situations or knows who to go to to help handle it. Um, that's such, such great advice, honestly. Um, mine's a little bit different. Um, we, at a previous camp that I worked at, uh, one of the big things that we would have was homesickness. So our way of kind of helping with homesickness was we had a secret language. We had a secret code that people who were suffering from homesickness could connect to other kids who might be feeling the same. So they knew that they weren't alone and there was others. But it was, this was a way that only homesick campers knew. So as they would walk around, they would see this small detail. And when they saw it, they would know that there was somebody else in the same boat as them, but they weren't alone. And this worked for homesickness, we felt, and it worked really well um, at the previous camp that I worked at. Uh, but it is something, a secret language, a secret code that you can do to let campers know that they're not alone in whatever their feeling is. Um, so those of you who have now been wondering with anticipation what the secret was, it was something as simple as taking the little tags that close bread, you know, the plastic bag that wraps bread in and there's a little plastic tab. All we would do is take those and they would put them on their shoelaces. And that was it. It was down low. So most people wouldn't see it that often and wouldn't wonder why they were doing it, especially at camp where everyone does things that are weird. But it was a way for them to communicate with other people and let them know that something was going on. That is blowing my mind, Oliver. That's so cool. And I think, I wonder if you could, you know, my, my thought, I was like, what's the signal? And you could also be like sticking the tag out on the back of your shirt, but I walk around with the tag out of my shirt all the time anyway, because I just don't know how to dress myself. But, the, but also like, I wonder, well, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't fully thought that through this idea, which is common for me, but to say, like if you need a little bit of extra encouragement or if you're feeling like bummed out, doesn't ha- right? it doesn't have to be homesickness or missing home. It can just be like, you know, I'm having a bit of a rough go at it. Um, and you could do that with your staff team even to say like, you know, this is uh, like, I need encouragement. I think that's really empowering for someone to be able to step up and say that. I'm sure that's really hard too, but um, I love that idea, Oliver. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on to our next topic though, um, is about face-to-face connection. So something that's really cool about Generation Z is they crave it. They actually really enjoy when it's happening. Um, and the statistics actually go with, they spend about 7.6 hours of the day looking for interaction with other people. Um, this is sometimes done through digital media. So going on to uh, a video chat or, um, shooting text messages out there. But this generation loves getting to talk to people. However, they also really struggle with doing it. So when they don't feel entertained or they're bored or the interaction that's about to occur is kind of awkward, they struggle. And these first interactions are really really difficult. So how do we facilitate experiences where campers um, or staff can have stronger and better first interactions? So, Isabel, do you want to kick us off again? Yeah, um, I know that I've been saying this a lot, but sometimes it's the simplest things that are really going to work the best. I love using the dining hall. I love telling my girls to split up. We don't normally sit together as a cabin, and I really encourage people to split up and sit with new people. And when I'm sitting at a table with campers, I love to facilitate those conversations with kind of fun icebreakers. If you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? And random little things like that can get kids talking. And I love seeing how crazy a conversation can spiral like that. 
I also love using active get to know you games where kids are forced to mingle stuff like doing a little Sally Walker game and you're going up and you're dancing with somebody and then you've seen their face and you're smiling and maybe you want to go talk to that person after you did a really awesome disco back there. Want to teach me how you did that? Little things like that. Something I tried with my girls this summer too. I noticed the one like the first morning and they were all a little bit hesitant. Not all of them knew each other. And we were waiting for session selection. So everyone was kind of in the same spot. And I knew we had a few minutes to spare. So I said, okay, I have a special mission for us. Do you think we could high five three new friends before session selection starts? And then you're all going to come back to me and you're going to give me a high five and you're going to tell me who you talk to. And random little things like that, if you turn it into a competition or like a cabin challenge, kids catch on to that so quick. And that worked so well for my cabin. What about you? Uh, I have a couple. One, I think get to know you games are huge and starting them off the start, but making them good, not just like around the circle. My name is Matt and my favorite food is a melon. Uh, I think we can, as a, a collective camp industry, we can move on from uh, crappy get to know you games. Uh, it's my, my challenge to the camp world. Uh, one of my go-tos uh Longtime favorite is Handshakes Across Canada or Handshake Partners. I'm sure there's many uh, Americans you can play Handshake Across Canada as well, too. That's allowed. Um, but basically, what it is is there's, I frame it like we're going to go on a trip across Canada and there's secret handshakes from each province uh, that you can do. And I'm sure you could come up with awesome ones for the many states that there are as well. That'd be really cool. Um, but, you know, so in British Columbia, I say, like, what's the biggest, one of the biggest industries in British Columbia? And eventually we get to forestry and so you do the british columbia secret handshake where you hold out your hand like this the next person grabs on top the other person grabs on top and the other person grabs on top and then you both pretend to saw a tree down thinking about it it's not the most environmentally friendly thing ever I, but you know we got anyway and then you can do like you go to newfoundland all the way across where the secret handshake is you reach out and you reach past the person and you hit each other's uh arms and you do the floppy fish I don't know if you can hear that but yeah uh so doing all those and taking them on a trip and then the better part too um the way that game ends is once you've met five or six people they should be different people each time you just tell them to get to find their bc handshake partner as fast as they can and then it's, it's a lot of chaos and running around the way i kind of make that game a little more intentional is making sure that they actually talk to that person after they do their secret handshake so yes they've done their floppy fish but then i usually say find one thing um you have in common or what do you both like about camp or share your name, something simple like that. So just a, a fun way to make interactions um, easy because once you've floppy fished with someone, it's literally impossible to be awkward with them for the rest of the day. Yeah, um, are great, but we definitely need to improve on them. As well, I remember that I did and when I was working in British Columbia. So it's really cool to see that somebody from Ontario is doing it too. So it, I guess they actually do handshake. Oh, it's a whole thing. It's a thing. Um, yeah, for me, I, I love it. I don't think it's a form of torture that I put on my staff, but they might feel it sometimes, but I like to put them in awkward situations. Um, so actually, took my staff once to Walmart and had them meet strangers. Uh, 
just so that they could start getting over that awkwardness because I knew that they were going to have to say parents on, say hi to parents on opening day. Uh, and this is something that I, you have to have your camp director do, like drive the whole staff walk. But this is that you just remember hi to the person maybe in the checkout aisle who's right next to you or trying to meet a stranger a day. These small little tiny goals can help kind of get that first awkward meeting out of the way. Uh, and you don't have to struggle with it as much. That's awesome. And Oliver, just if I can, if I can jump in for a sec, um, this is uh, a podcast produced by uh, Camp Hacker or Travis Allison. And uh, Travis is credited with me, uh, credited with giving uh, myself and the rest of the staff I grew up with the secret to the best handshake ever. But I'm not going to share it on this podcast. Zooks, you know the secret. Oh, yeah. I just kind of did it there myself because I was remembering. That's right. It involves not having sweaty hands. But that's, the only, that's, that's all I'm going to tell you. If you ever meet Travis, uh, get him to teach you the best handshake ever. But I don't want to give it away. All right. When we're done recording, though, I'm definitely asking. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so I think... The last question, counselors fall into this generation as well. Um, in fact, many of your counselors are probably Generation Z. Um, but there's something that's going on with this generation, and it's showing trends that they're growing up slower. Um, so they're taking on a lot of the responsibilities that previous generations just kind of expected. And I'm actually really excited to hear Isabel answer this question, because the statistics show that the trends of underage drinking, um, underage sex, getting even their driver license are all getting pushed back. So we're seeing lower numbers with drinking, lower numbers with sex, and but we're still hiring them at the same age. How can we help counselors take healthy risks when it comes to responsibilities? And how do we help campers do the same? And like I said, Isabel, I'm really excited to kind of hear, A, if you agree with this and um, what you would see to make sure that this is possible. Yeah, I, I agree and disagree at the same time. From my personal take, just because, I mean, I'm living in that and I see every day how different people are kind of living in this generation. I partially disagree. I see a lot within my kind of peer group, people who are growing up really, really quickly and taking on all these different things that at least I feel are like, you know, underage drinking sex, all of that is happening way sooner than I thought it would be for my peer group. And that's been very relevant to me. But I also see a lot of people who aren't experiencing that. So even though we fall within this one generational group, I see people who are on either end of the spectrum of that. Um, so it's interesting. Um, for me, what I've kind of found with getting campers to really step up and take those healthy risks it's just making a really safe environment for them. And I know that that sounds so simple, but it can go such a long way. Um, something that I did this summer was a few of my girls were saying how cool it was when kids were leading songs and when they saw the staff doing that. And they really, really wanted to try it, but they were terrified to go up and do it in front of the cabin group or in front of the group of people waiting at session selection. But they really, really wanted to try it. And I know I'm like, I can tell that there's going to be a huge smile on your face when you finish leading this song. So I wanted to make that so it was possible for them. So we did our own little campfire. So we took them all aside and just our cabin did that. And all the girls got to lead their song. And I could tell that it was still that, Ooh, is this going to work out for me? And that was still taking a big risk for them, but doing it in that controlled environment where I know how everyone else I think was going to react. And they knew that they were going to be supported. 
And then the next day, some of them went and actually sang songs at our campfire. There was a session that week that kids got to help plan out and be in a final campfire that week. And seeing how they came so far from that was really awesome for me. So I think with staff too, it's just seeing that example. I mean, for me, that was something that I struggled with this summer was learning when's the right time that I can take this risk. Am I going to be supported in this? But when I really just looked up and saw our leadership staff doing that, and I could tell that they had put so much planning and work into all these things, but they still didn't know if they were going to work out, seeing them go for it anyways and ultimately succeed was really what made me more comfortable with that. Matt, what about you? I think I would like to share the ultimate way to uh, praise campers for who are taking on those risks and are stepping up and being leaders. Um, I think a camp podcast or a book on camp would be incomplete without Michael Brandwine's DLP. Uh, so Michael Brandwine, the camp, uh, the camp guru. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure he'd be okay sharing this because it's brilliant. The DLP stands for describe, label, and praise. So when we are um, when we want to praise campers, but not just say or staff even, and say not just good job for being good, we say uh, we describe what they did, we label the action that it was, and we praise. Uh, them for doing it. So especially when it comes to taking on responsibilities and taking risks, we can say, uh, hey, Timmy, when you got up there and led the song in front of the entire cabin, you took a really big risk there. And I am so blown away by that. Way to go. You're giving a very specific um, piece of praise. And, and praise is, is such a positive motivator that when you do that with that one person, they are so empowered to repeat that behavior. So whether you're doing that to a camper or if you're a director listening to this or a senior staff and doing that with one of the, the people um, who report to you, that kind of praising and, and it promoting those risks, healthy risks in that way, I think can really go far. Um, in raising someone's confidence and making them feel more comfortable to do to take those risks in the future. Yeah, uh, my my piece of advice is uh, you can't make it scary to make a mistake um, because these this generation I don't know if they've had the opportunity. Sometimes um, we talked about in the show notes at the very beginning about how how much this generation has kind of believed they've grown up in this unsafe world and take things very carefully. Uh, I think like Isabel was saying, idea of getting up on the stage and being able to sing in front of, you know, camp, it's, it's a struggle for a generation um, where now we don't give them the opportunity to always go out there and make mistakes on their own. So we need to create that safe environment, which makes camp that perfect place to do it. Uh, But as a counselor, I think one of the most important things is, make mistakes in front of your campers as well. So they know it's okay to make mistakes as a counselor, your generation Z as well. So that fear of making mistakes, I think will hit you just as hard, but it's stepping up and saying, I'm going to make a mistake today so that my campers enjoy it. And that's that buy-in of being okay, being okay with it. And hopefully that will give your campers the ability to say, you know what, I want to be a little bit like my counselor and be more willing to take a risk, make a mistake and be okay with it. That's awesome. And and Oliver, I think that uh, I read that Gen Z uh, really uh, 
values authenticity as well. And I think that making the mistake is really making a mistake in front of people and just being human uh, is really important. I think that we definitely take ourselves too seriously. I know speaking about myself, I take myself way too seriously sometimes. And um, the best thing that you can do is just be goofy and be wacky and fall um, in front of people because you allow, you've set the tone now for mistakes to be made and risks to be had. And it's all good if it comes from you, especially. Yeah. Isabel, how does it feel as someone who is Gen Z to have to teach others who are Gen Z to do something that hypothetically your generation is uncomfortable with? And that's making those mistakes. Yeah, it's definitely a struggle because as you were talking about that, I'm thinking, yeah, I totally, I want to preach that to my campers and I want to show that it's okay to make mistakes, but that's terrifying for me. And, and it is kind of weird, kind of, you know, preaching something that I need to be telling myself at the same time. But honestly, I just think back to if this was my counselor telling me this, I would want them to be saying how confident they were and how, you know, okay they were with making mistakes. So I kind of have to put that aside almost and say, I need to be telling this to my campers, but I'm telling it to myself at the same time. And if I think it's so important for them to be hearing this, maybe I need to hear it too. But it was weird, definitely. All right. Um, so our next topic uh, is a little bit about that. Uh, and I'm never going to say this word right, I think, in my life, but entrepreneurial spirit. Oh, you nailed um, it. You nailed it. Did I get it? I yeah, can't even it. tell. <laughs> so embracing change and taking action have been a large part of this generation's MO. So it's kind of similar to what we were just talking about, but this generation is known for posting things on Facebook or Instagram and getting to know what the world issues are. And they're aware of what's going on. And because of that, a lot of them want to start their own businesses. In fact, 72% of American high schoolers want to start their own business. They want to be an entrepreneur and um, move forward. So this is really cool because we may see this happening with our campers. In fact, I interviewed a counselor recently who started her own company and she is a 17 year old uh, and it's a nonprofit and it's going really well for her. But I would never have imagined starting a company when I was in high school. That is, I don't know if that's a millennial thing, but uh, what are ways you've seen your campers take actions on their strengths or notice the need for change at your camp? So what are your campers pointing out about camp? And uh, Isabel, please take it away. Yeah, for sure. When I read this one, I was like, oh, I have so much to say about this. My campers this summer had so, so many ideas. Um, something that I really enjoyed is during one of our weeks at camp, we got to do something called the Social Innovation Challenge, where campers were literally put in the position to come up with different issues that they saw within their communities and come up with action plans on how they could fix those. And I was blown away by what they came up with. There was people were talking about watershed pollution and looking at microplastics in the river and talking about helping families cope with cancer and implementing new garbage and recycling protocols. I was like, I couldn't have even thought of that. Wow. Like our cameras are impressive. And they actually came up with these full action plans and I followed up with some of them and they're actually fully going into those and seeing how cool they are recognizing that need for that made me so proud as a counselor. And I've seen that as well, even in some of our programs, we made some changes to some of our programs towards the end of the summer. And it was really awesome when I talked to older campers at the end and they said, Hey, when we need to do this, I really loved this about it, but 
maybe if you guys stepped in and helped us a bit here, it could be that much better. Or, hey, I think it was so awesome that we made this change when we all got to cook the food here instead of separating and stuff like that. And seeing when we make those changes, getting positive feedback from campers, first of all, is really awesome. But seeing how sometimes they didn't always love those and getting that constructive feedback is so, so helpful for us. So I saw that all the time this summer. You talked about the, just the fact that your campers have the knowledge of what a microplastic is and like how to clean it. Like as like people who care about the environment, I think a lot of directors like, agree on this note to have a child come up to you and start to talk about environmental waste and how they can clean. And that's, as any camper, it's coming true. The whole world is about to care about something that's been bothering me my whole life. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, Matt, what about you? What have you seen some of your campers step, step up and start to take action on? Yeah, I think, uh, so I mentioned in our first episode, but when you're planning programs, um, getting feedback is really important. And I think that um, part of leveraging that strength in them wanting to take action or make change, I think asking them their opinion of sessions and asking them like, not just like, did you have fun? But what did you like the best? Or what would you change? Or what could we do better? Um, And getting them on board with making small changes to things. Because you know, we might know how a high rope session is run and, and it's run this way. You, you do the harnessing, you play this game or you play this, these selections of games and the kids go up and they come down. But, you know, are the kids actually having fun doing that? And we should ask them because if, if Generation Z, they have that opinion and that entrepreneurial spirit, maybe they have a better idea. Maybe they have a better way of running the session to make it more fun. Um, it's your job as a camp staff to say yes and that's, what, that's something that we, we try to do really strongly at Pierce Williams is that no matter what a camper wants to do, we say yes, and then we figure out a way to make it work. So a camper wants to jump off the roof, um, I'm going to blow that camper away by saying yes, and then I'm going to figure out how to make it safe and make it so that we can actually do it. That's not a real example, but, but we could do it. I know that we could do it in some way. I, I think the best story that I heard with that to, to give you a quick example, was that at the camp that I grew up at, uh, a camper thought he was being fun or funny when he said, okay, we can do anything this week, anything. And he's like, well, I want to ride a canoe off the roof. And this camp staff was like, yes, we're going to do that. And it was so amazing to watch because that counselor turned it into a physics lesson and they set up a pulley off the lodge roof and had a canoe go down with a stuffed animal inside. So they did a full lesson on physics um, and how pulleys work and how inertia works and how gravity works. Um, And that and did that kid get to ride in a canoe off the lodge? No, they definitely didn't. But did that kid have an amazing experience and talk about that the next summer they came back to camp? Yes. So, uh, Terius Cameron, if you're listening to this, uh, one of the most brilliant moments in camping that I've ever seen, and all from saying yes to a camper. That sounds so cool. And I always encourage my counselors to say, say yes, um, but check in with your director first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, mine comes from, if you have a period of time at your camp that really allows open programming for counselors, or if you can develop your own free choice clinic, you know, one hour class that you get to do for a little bit, if you have the opportunity and you are a counselor, run this activity, it's called Operation Camp Saves the World. 
your little group of campers who, who choose to join you essentially become small superheroes who go around and they save camp in little ways. It could be picking up trash and being environmentally friendly. It could be writing really nice letters for people so that they feel better. Uh, it can be a lot of little small things, but it's really cool because of a generational thing that I've been reading on and I didn't realize it until I got to do these readings. The Generation Z generation has been found to be very worldly in their thought process on how to fix problems, where millennials or even older generations are very community-oriented. So how can I help the person next to me? The title of this Operation Save the World allows campers to saving the world in a grand way, but also they're doing it in kind of a millennial spirit, which means you guys get to meet halfway. And at the end of the whole session, you guys can talk about what did we do in the small little steps to improve the world today? Um, I'm hoping Isabel is listening to this and she's going, you know what? I want, I kind of think of the world. I guess I kind of want your opinion on this, Isabel. How do you think about when you go to try to solve a problem or help things, um, do you think of it in a worldly way or do you think of it kind of in a small community way? I think it really depends on the problem. I always start out in a small community way and, okay, how can I be working to do this? How is this applicable within my community, my school, my friend group? But the more I start to think about it, it does tend to expand to a global perspective, or at least it does for me. And I love making plans. I love writing stuff down and doing all this stuff. And when I can start to research and really broaden that, if something catches my attention, I'm going to see it all the way through. So I do tend to expand to a global perspective later. I just think back on your answer about a camper saying something about microplastics and, you know, and like the whole world, this is a kid who's talking about, you know, pollution across the entire world. And that's, I think it's really incredible that this generation, Generation Z, that, that is sometimes where the majority of their brains go is a problem, not just the small one that's in my community, where some of the older generations have come up cleaner? How can I make camp a better place? And I've always thought of a camp that camps are a thing that make the world a better place. So I'm with you, uh, Oliver. And I, and I think, I think that, you know, as, as we're getting closer to wrapping up, I think we just can't be scared of like the ideas and the passion that Gen Z has. I think that um, too often we can kind of get get intimidated because they, they will challenge us on our, our like preconceived notions on the way things were. And if, you know, if a counselor or a camper comes up and tells you that your recycling program is crap at camp, you should, that, that is a praiseable thing because they want to make the world a better place. Maybe they don't yet have the skills to do so in a tactful way, but that's, that's not their problem. That's, that's an opportunity to teach them. Um, and I think that we can only learn, like we can only learn from them in that way. So I just, you know, I, I want to go into this summer. I'm feeling empowered to go into this summer just being totally open um, to that entrepreneurial spirit and that change-making spirit that, um, that our campers and staff are going to bring to us this summer. All right. Well, that seems to cover all of the topics of discussion that we wanted to cover today. If there's something about Gen Z that you have bugging you that you wish we had talked about, um, comment in the show notes, uh, comment for the show, let us know. And, uh, maybe we can touch upon it at another date. 
Uh, there are so many things that happen in the world is growing up in it. And uh, it is the generation that camp works with the most now. So all, uh, you know, all information that we're willing to take in. So with that being said, Matt, can you run us through some of our highlights? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So we talked about attention span being down. So what do we do? We do attention getters. We go for high engagement. If we're excited, they'll be excited. Uh, we, you can tell them to take a knee or four on the floor, uh, or floor on four. And uh, the tips of don't giving out teams and switching up your instructions and rules make it engaging. Uh, if campers are and staff are willing to talk about mental health and things like that, you can have a homesick code, like a bread tab on a shoelace, uh, the mental health code, saying I don't know is totally okay, and having a special set-aside time, whether it be devos or wrap-up or whatever you want to call it, a time where you can engage campers with uh, things like roses and thorns, best thing, worst, worst thing, grateful, gratitude journals, anything like that. Uh, number three, we talked about... Uh, giving campers opportunities to meet each other or have good face-to-face -face interactions. So you can do that through active get-to-know-you games, games like Handshakes Across Canada, talking to strangers in Walmart, uh, any way where you can start to practice those face-to-face -face skills. And don't forget the best handshake ever. As well, uh, we talked about with campers being... Um, Sorry, with campers showing uh, people wanting to take healthier risks um, or taking on less responsibilities, we want to foster healthy risks. And we can do that through providing small opportunities, through creating uh, a safe environment for them to take those risks, making mistakes in front of your campers. So you being the example of setting that it's okay to make a mistake culture and through describing, labeling, and praising great risk-taking and responsibility-taking behavior. Describe, label, phrase, DLP. Uh, finally, we talked about that entrepreneurial spirit and how we can harness the power of those change makers. So you can do that through Operation Camp Saves the World, which is uh, taking making camp better in little ways. You can do the Social Innovation Challenge and connect real-world problems like microplastics and help out your campers with that, uh, with um, solving the big problems of the world because they have ideas. And also saying yes to their ideas, asking their opinions and saying yes and not being afraid of the awesomeness that they are going to give you this summer. All right, cool. Thanks so much, Matt. Uh, it looks like we had a lot of things that we covered today. Um, our last, yeah, our last thing that we're going to do is our get ready portion. So this is something you, um, as a counselor, can do to help get ready for summer 2019. So, um, Isabel, what is something that you can do to get ready for this coming summer? Okay, so something that I would recommend to anyone who's going to be working at camp is to invest in three things. I remember Matt told me this at the beginning of last summer, and it proved me to be right. Invest in a sturdy water bottle. Analgene works really well. A good pair of shoes, not Crocs. I've learned that now. And a headlamp. They might look tacky, but oh my goodness, they work wonders, and they will save your life. Okay. Uh, Matt, what do, you, what do you have to get ready for this coming summer? Uh, Zeus totally stole my thunder and I'm glad she did because it, it, you know, the world should be donned with more headlamps. Um, I think gearing yourself up for a successful summer. So great shoes, um, that you are going to be running around in that, um, are waterproof. And so great sandals. I wear my Chaco sandals almost every day of the summer. And even though they smell a little bit, they are reliable. Um, a great headlamp, a great rain jacket is another thing. Um, ponchos rip, they're crappy. 
and they're a waste of plastic. Micro, not, not, they're not microplastics, but you know, more plastic is bad. So get a good raincoat that's going to last you and also a good watch because um, being on time is cool at camp. So gear up. Gear up. Nice. Um, mine is uh, call a friend who doesn't have anything to do with camp. Uh, I think Rachel gave a little bit of advice about this in our last show. Um, but this one is to talk to them about something that is outside of their realm of knowledge so that they can kind of get an idea of what you do at camp. So bring up one of those things that you have done at camp in the past and get a person's opinion who has nothing to do with camp and see what they think and how they feel about it. And if you find yourself saying, well, you have to be there at camp to understand it, you might realize that maybe this is something that might be really difficult for someone who's never been to camp before to understand. So think about something um, that might be a really big part of your culture, but it might be really hard for someone who's never been a part of that culture to understand. Amazing. Those are some awesome ways to get ready for the summer. Um, and so, yeah, we want to thank uh, Zooks. Thank you so much for being on the show with us. Zooks, if people uh, were inspired by your social innovation challenge or devos or things like that, and they want to get in touch with you, what is the best way where they can do that? Is it email? I mostly use Facebook Messenger for almost everything. So I'm on Facebook at Isabel Parody. Perfect. And we'll, we'll link that in the show notes for you. Oliver, if people want to get in touch and hear more about your brilliant ideas, uh, well, how can they do that? Uh, they can reach out to me in email. So it's oliver.gregan at ghymca.org. Or you can also, um, just like Isabel, reach out to me on Facebook. And it's just my name, Oliver Gregan. Look at you millennials using social media as your handles. Love it. Well, anyway, if you want to get in touch with me, you can reach out to me at my email is the best way, matt, M-A-T-T, at gocamp.pro. And I would love to chat about camp. Woo. Right. If you enjoyed today's show, we would be so grateful if you could go to camphacker.tv slash love. That link will get a tweet ready for you that talks about the show. That's right. And iTunes reviews are hugely important for us. So iTunes is like one of the major podcast carriers. Uh, if you have the ability to leave us a review, an honest review, we would love that because it will help more people find the show that we do and find the Camp Hacker podcast and the Day Camp Pod and Camp Code and all the great work that Camp Hacker and uh, Go Camp Pro does. And as Oliver said, camphacker.tv slash love will get you started in the right place. You can find our show notes over at camphacker.tv slash podcast. Remember, camp is camp and it's all good. First Class Counselors is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, Camp Rose, we love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, we hope that whenever you share an idea that you learn from the Camp Hacker podcast, conference, summer camp professionals group, or wherever else, that you're quick to give credit where credit is due. That way, we can all encourage more Camp Pros to share the tips and tricks that will make camp better.